Jake the Snake Plumber. The buzz was that we had a hometown kid that was a playmaker. Touchdown, Sun Devils! Woo! The Snake does it again! For them to be able to get Jake was absolutely a miracle. He was an, an immediate icon for, for our squad. We felt like we needed a spark, and that's what Jake could do. Could do. He could give you a spark. He scores! Jake Plummer! Cocky, but cocky with confidence. He knew his abilities and what he could do. That was an incredible pass by Jake Plummer. He basically would say what he was going to do, and he went out and did it. Jake the Snake, from Arizona State to the Arizona Cardinals. This is... Jake the Snake. This is our guy. We already have the jerseys. And welcome in, everyone. I'm Paul Calvisi, Cardinals sideline reporter, and this is Cardinals Folktales Drafting Jake, presented by 72 Soul, where we go in-depth into Cardinals history, all-time anecdotes through the personal recollections and memories of those who lived it, or in my case, those who covered it. Lover's on the 10. Lover throws in the end zone to a wide open Larry Centers. He's got it. He scores. I remember him being vocal in the press, like, draft this kid. He should be a Cardinal. So that made me feel good because my whole dream from being a child was to play in the NFL. Did as much as I could to try to lobby for him to, to become a part of our team, and it worked out for us. And, you know, the rest is history. The year was 1997, and before the NFL draft, the Arizona Cardinals, like every team, had needs and wants. They didn't just need a quarterback, they needed an identity, credibility. They wanted market equity. Kids today would say the Cardinals wanted a cheat code for all the above. Business execs would say the Cardinals needed a brand. The Cardinals wanted and needed the local legend and hometown hero, Jake Plummer, former Cardinals receiver, Anthony Edwards. Jake had fans everywhere. They were everywhere. Everybody's wearing 16 jerseys. But I mean, it came along because of what he's done, his history. He's proven himself to be a winner. Now I covered Jake at ASU and then with the Cardinals. And for those of us who were here in the mid to late 90s, we watched Jake grow up almost literally right in front of us right here in the valley for cardinals fans he was the kid down the street done good real good we're talking within 90 seconds of a national title good the teenager from idaho who became a four-year starter at arizona state thinking back to getting recruited by bruce snyder we were playing what was going to be for the national title. And that's what he told me. No other coach said that to me. It's the only reason I was in the Valley to begin with was because of Bruce saying, you know, you're a piece of this puzzle that could get us to a national championship level team. And guess what? That's exactly what happened Jake Plummer's senior year when ASU upset then number one ranked Nebraska, ending the Huskers 26 game winning streak. And by the time the Devils went to Pasadena for the Rose Bowl, they were 11-0 and facing mighty Ohio State. In fact, they were the most popular team in Arizona, and no doubt the Sun Devils caught the eye of their next-door neighbor, the NFL's Arizona Cardinals. Here's former Pro Bowl running back Larry Centers. Being here in Arizona and Phoenix and uh, ASU was here, and they were, they were uh, making a little bit of noise. Plummer in trouble, steps away, cuts free, breaks loose, five, touchdown, Sun Devils. Woo! The Snake does it again. This team won't die. 
I know that the, the Valley was just endeared to, to me and that team, that Rose Bowl team, and uh, it was a fun time. It was definitely exciting and something, you know, not many athletes ever get to be a part of something so electric and so exciting. You can cut a snake's head off, but he continues to live. You know, I remember Jake being really scrappy, and I thought he would be a really good fit for our squad. You know, he had a never-say-die attitude. The guy was a proven winner. We thought that, you know, as a team, he would be absolutely excellent to come here and try to help us get a chance to, you know, move this team to the, move us to the next level. And to see that, you know, they was willing to go get him, everybody in the locker room was pretty excited about that. That's former Cardinals receiver Frank Sanders. And when he says everyone was excited, that includes the head coach at the time, Vince Tobin, who saw not only what Jake could bring to the field, but how he could bring new life to a fan base. We'd scouted him quite extensively, and uh, Jake was a very, very exciting player. We really felt like Jake could come in and give us a shot in the arm as far as uh, fan support, adrenaline, uh, just the things that he does on the field. Again, Jake the Snake had just taken ASU to its first Rose Bowl in a decade, within 90 seconds of a win and a national title before Ohio State's victory. But that wasn't on Jake. He was arguably the best known and most exciting player in college football. And he was in the Cardinals' backyard. Longtime Arizona Republic reporter, Richard Rellis. Fans in the Phoenix area were used to rooting for Jake Plummer. So now this is another opportunity to root for this guy. This isn't someone we're bringing in from the outside. You know, we went out to eat once and uh, everybody just wanted to have a piece of Jake Plummer. You know, people were kind of like looking in like a fishbowl, like, is that Jake Plummer? And, you know, he was always going to give people time, especially kids. That's ASU Assistant Athletic Director Doug Tamaro. Now, the best way I could describe just the sheer popularity of ASU football in 1996, they were like that popular rock band in demand, and Jake was the lead singer, a Heisman finalist who, a week before the nationally televised ceremony, didn't even own a suit. He had to go shopping last minute and wore a suit off the rack, tags still in it. But see, those were the stories that endeared him, not only to fans, but his future teammates, like Larry Centers. As a player, you know, you only have so much say, if you will, you know, I, I got one position to play, but you know, to anybody who would listen, you know, I just had to put that bug in their ear and hoping everything worked out. Coming off of his great success as a Sun Devil, he was a known quantity here. And that was true. Jake might have been known, but that was as a college quarterback. As an NFL prospect, he was still an unknown. Longtime Arizona Republic Cardinals beat writer, Kent Summers. Yeah, there was a lot of speculation. You know, will, will Jake be there? At what point do you draft Jake? Are you making a mistake by just drafting a hometown kid? Can he really play in the NFL? Can a quarterback who runs like that, can he survive very long? I knew that I wasn't going to be a first round pick. At the time, I was too small, too skinny, not durable enough, all this you know, BS that they like to have. And now, had I come out, I might have been a first pick in the draft because I have the style that they, these teams are looking for. And Jake's not kidding there. In fact, here's a funny story. 2019 draft on the Great Lawn at State Farm Stadium. I'm hosting on stage with Frank Sanders and Jake Plummer, right? We're in front of the Red Sea. We're all waiting for the Cardinals to pick number one. And the player I had been calling the future of football, Kyler Murray, the ultimate dual threat quarterback, come for the arms, stay for the legs. Well, Jake cut me off on stage, grabbed the mic, and only half jokingly said, what do you mean? 
I was the future of football 20 years ago. And you know what? He's right. I'll say this, going into the 97 draft, I still remember we had Bill Walsh on a radio show and he told us he considered Jake the closest comp to Joe Montana he'd ever seen since the Hall of Famer went to the Niners 20 years before Jake went to the Cardinals. As the draft was coming up, I had my family come down. We were having some fun parties and living it up because this was a moment that you know you don't get to experience but once in your life. And we had a tea time, me and my brothers and my dad that morning. And everybody was like, you're gonna miss the draft. They're gonna call your name. You're gonna be on the golf course. I said, don't worry, I'm not going in the first round. I knew that I wasn't gonna be a first round pick. We went and played golf. I was um, extremely tired from partying two, three nights prior. So I, was, I went to a back room at the hotel we were at. There's still five picks in the first round. I'm gonna go lay down. I'm gonna catch a little sleep. And so I was asleep when I got drafted. Jake Plummer, known for being ultra cool, calm, clutch, he wasn't even awake when his name was called 42nd overall, the Arizona Cardinals' second round pick, unknown to Jake until his agent came in. Dave Dunn came and tapped me on the shoulder and, and woke me up, and I, and I came to, he said, hey man, you're, you're an Arizona Cardinal. I said, oh, wow, okay. So once he woke up and realized it wasn't a dream, what do you think? At first I was like, oh, I've been here, I've lived here. I was excited to maybe go somewhere else. But as it played out, like to get drafted by the Cardinals, to stay in the town that I was, was, was really, I was used to, I knew the roads, I knew how to get around. I had a great support system. I had ASU folks that would, would support me. I had friends, I had a, a very good network already there. It was really awesome to get drafted by the Cardinals and make a really easy transition to you know, be ready to, to go into the league. For them to be able to get Jake was absolutely a miracle. And I think that is the part where you can see when it's meant to be, it's meant to be. These were fans that had seen me grow up. Get there as a 18 year old punk kid from Idaho and grow into like Heisman Trophy uh, candidate and, and possible national championship team. You know, that was, they'd watched me grow to that. And so it was really, it was an easier transition for sure. I thought obviously there was gonna be a lot of pressure on him, you know, coming from a hometown team. I knew he was gonna have a lot of attention, a lot of the spotlight. And that's gonna be, that's gonna be a lot of pressure, especially from a quarterback position and such a young guy. So I knew that, um, that he was gonna have to overcome some things in, in that regard, but you know, he handled it well. He had, uh, I think, maybe a few bumps early in the row, but, you know, he got his footing and his balance of, uh, under him, his speed under him, and, you know, I think he did a great job for us. Coming out of uh, college, they knew about me, and they'd seen me play, so they were excited to see how I would fit into their system, and uh, for me, I was just wide-eyed and, like, going, holy smokes, here I am in the NFL, and I really wasn't prepared like these kids come out now. I knew a little bit about defenses and knew a little bit about offense, but my skills were able to get me through all that and be able to go play. Now I was in the league where you needed to know everything. So it was a big learning experience for me. The NFL was brand new to Jake, but his home field was not. In those days, the Cardinals played at Sun Devil Stadium. So Jake felt at home because he was at home. I remember playing the Raiders in the preseason and I'm looking around like, I know this place, I've been here, this is my home. This is the USC Trojans. They're just bigger and faster and I can't make any mistakes because this is the league now. And so I told myself that, that I was still a Sun Devil, 
playing here. It's still football. This is the grass I'm used to. I can look up there where I spent hours studying film, going to class. The first couple of times we got in the huddle, it was like, okay, guys, let's, let's show them what we can do. You know, and I thought that was absolutely fabulous. I mean, a lot of guys rallied around that because he scrambled, he ran, he tried to make things happen. And, but he was doing it to show the guys, it's not about me, I will sell out for you. And I think that wins the guys over more. Maybe the most famous example of getting that buy-in from his teammates was Jake's regular season debut, his first real action, middle of his rookie season, week eight, 1997, about 10 and a half minutes to play in the fourth quarter. We were in Philly, and at the half is when they said, hey, you're, you're going in. And I think I, I was able to come in and leave quite an impression on my, on my offense and the team. I got the ball on the two yard line in Veterans Stadium going the other way. And my words to the huddle at that time were, I, I can't say everything that I said in the huddle, but I said, let's take this ball 98 yards and score a touchdown. And that's exactly what the Cardinals did. A 14-play, 98-yard drive capped by Jake's 31-yard touchdown pass to Kevin Williams. The Cardinals came back, but ultimately lost in overtime. However, Jake made a lasting first impression. Former Cardinals receiver, Anthony Edwards. I thought he did an amazing job of keeping us together. Rally was an encourager. He'll come in that huddle, hey, we need to get this. You know, so he took command as a quarterback should of that of the huddle um, I just love how he carried himself he was our captain and we depended on him to do what Jake the Snake does well, I just did what I do I stepped in with like hey we're going 98 yards let's go who's with me and those veterans looked at me and it, they got excited and we went 98 yards and scored on my very first possession uh, very first drive as an NFL quarterback one thing about Jake Plummer there's just something about him. They bring him in in the second half, and they start scoring touchdowns. The defense starts playing. Jake's the man. That was Jake in relief. But how would the rookie fare in his first NFL start the very next week against the Tennessee Oilers? This would be in front of the home fans who'd been chanting for Jake to play since the first month of the season. I was horrible. I threw four interceptions. I was throwing hot routes where they, I wasn't hot, hitting guys, my own guys in the back. But most places you go, if you throw four picks, your first start, you're going to either be benched or booed out of there. The stands, they, they cheered me every time I came out. They were excited, like, here he is. Here's this kid that did this at ASU. He's going to do it here for the Cardinals. So I, got, I was eased in nicely into my starting role as the quarterback there because the fans were endeared to me through my you know, ASU days, so it made it a little easier. No doubt, the fans found Jake must watch. but. What made him so exciting? Well, it was a combination of backyard football and, true to his nickname, he'd slither away from defenders. Former Cardinals linebacker, Mark Maddox. You know, he'd run around, he'd find that open receiver, you know, he'd find Rob Moore, or he'd find um, Frank Sanders. Plummer throws it deep and is caught at the 40-yard line by Sanders. You were happy to be on the other side of the ball on his team. <laughs> instead of the opposite team. Jake the Snake Plummer, unbelievable talent, can move, you know, he can bend down and get up out of any situation. Unbelievable, I was so happy that we had him because I was always thinking that, okay, we need a running quarterback. I thought it was a perfect fit for us. Jake Plummer, 
is so fabulous in these situations because he just comes up, he has that scrambling ability, which puts a lot of pressure on the defense. That is always one of the most frustrating things as a defensive player. You think you have everything controlled and contained, and then one little thing happens and this person exploits you. And that's what Jake would do. I wasn't happy with my performance, but I got better as the weeks went on and gained more confidence and, and also gained the confidence of my teammates as they saw me react to you know, not playing well, how I worked harder and, and went about my business to just do whatever I could to help this team get better. And the Cardinals definitely got better. That old saying in the NFL, no QB, no chance. Well, with Jake under center and or out of the pocket making plays, the Cardinals seemingly always had a chance. Plummer to throw it again out of the backfield of Burrell at the five, head fake, throws to the end zone and scores! That's Jake Plummer learning and becoming the great quarterback that he's going to become. He's figured it out. It was hard at times, but there were so many amazing players there that took me under their wing. I mean, Kent Graham, the starting quarterback, was very supportive of me. He, he saw the writing on the wall that Kent Graham or Jake the Snake, here I, is, how long is he gonna last? Um, they were helpful to me, along with guys like Larry Sinners, Frank Sanders, Lomas Brown. I mean, these vets, they all kind of, they took me in and they treated me well. I think they saw that down the road I could be the quarterback that would help them, you know, maybe get to where we wanted to go, which ended up being that next year, we, we almost did it. By that 98 season, fans were holding signs that read, Jake, rattle and roll. Fans had Cardiac Cards t-shirts on, as Jake did something no other Cardinals QB had done since 1947. What about those wild cards? No one gave them a chance to win this football game. That 1998 campaign was a season-long roller coaster ride. The team started 0-2 for the fifth time in seven years, but it's how that season ended on a massive upswing. Jake, engineering fourth quarter comebacks, make it nine times in 26 NFL games at that point, as the last three games ended with three straight game-winning field goals. Cue the drama. Jackie from 32 to win it for the Cardinals here in overtime. It's on the way. It is good, and the Cardinals win. The Cardinals win, and they're even at 7-7, seven and seven, and they're still alive. The Saints blitz. Plummer flushed out of the pocket. Plummer's going to run. Plummer's on the 35. Plummer's still running on the 30. Plummer's on the 25. He's got a first down at the 23. To try to win it for the Cardinals with six seconds to go. The snap. It's on the way. It looks good. Good! And here it is to try to win it, put the Cardinals in the playoffs. The snap, it's on the way, it's got the leg, it is good! The Cardinals win! The Cardinals are in the playoffs! The Cardinals win! 52 yards by Jackie! We're not happy tonight. We're happy being into the playoffs, but we're not happy with our season. We want to go down to Dallas and keep going on, and it's going to be a big challenge, but you know, looking back, this will be a year where we turn things around. The longest streak of not being in the playoffs in the NFL right now has just been broken, and we're in, and it feels great. It was the Cardinals' 100th anniversary season, and it took every last second of that 98 season. But behind signature Jake the Snake, the Cardinals went from 6-7 and seven to 9-7 and seven and a playoff spot. As one fan shouted into the NFL film's cameras, this is the beginning of the beginning. We all became friends. We, we became a band of brothers, if you will. You know, and that's what it really takes for, for you to be successful at the pro level. You, know, you can have great athletes, 
But if you don't have guys that play for each other, then you're probably not going to maximize your potential. The wild cards, the cardiac cards, were off to Dallas, where they lost nine straight in Big D. In fact, they've lost twice to the Cowboys already that season, but not this day. The snap handed off to Morrell, bends it back to his right, first down yardage, and breaks into the clear! Plummer running for his life, and Sanders makes a one-handed stab on a 58-yard pass play. It is intercepted. Back to the 35, and the 30 goes Tommy Bennett. On the 20, on the 15, on the 10, on the 5. He's knocked down on the Cowboy 2, and you can turn out the lights in Dallas. This one's over. Bring on the Vikings. To do it here against a team that's dominated us, for some time now, to do it here in Texas Stadium in such a big game is uh, real fun. The Cardinals' first playoff win in half a century. Think about that, 50 years. In fact, I was on that sideline as the Cowboys fans, they exited dejected. And all of a sudden, Cardinals fans filled the seats behind the Cardinals bench celebrating. There's an iconic NFL film shot of Jake running off the field with a ball hoisted high in the air. His own Joan Namath, if you will. That game ball was then presented to owner Bill Bidwell. And as a member of the media walking into that locker room moments later, I'll never forget the smile on Mr. B's face, just beaming as he held that game ball with both hands and fielded questions from the media. The Cardinals had a playoff victory. The Cardinals had a quarterback. They came here and everybody was wanting to see how he was going to make that transition from college to the pros. And I think he did a pretty good job. It worked out well. Jake and I became pretty good friends and, you know, obviously great teammates and just really happy he was able to become a part of our squad. Cardinals Folktales Drafting Jake, presented by 72 Soul. We hope you enjoyed it, everyone. Thanks for joining us. For Jim Omohundro, I'm Paul Calvisi.